0: Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today.
2: Hi Papercuts podcast listeners, you are listening to a podcast all about books and we are on the spin-off. Louisa and I, Jenna, have recorded without Karen, who is our foundation of journalism and accuracy. So please bear with us today as we record from the Booksellers Conference at the Ridges Hotel in Auckland. We are about to bring you more book news than you or we ourselves can handle, a new segment from our friends at Unity Books, book recommendations, a quiz, an interview with award winners, and Louisa will be interviewing... The author of our one of our favorite books this year called diary of a bookseller sean Bithel from scotland we've got links to all the events we will be mentioning on our page so check these out you are listening to jenna todd speak and i'm with my bud
1: louisa cossa
2: and we feel i feel a bit naked today because we actually don't have karen with us she's really really sick so um you're just going to have to put up with the two of us.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we'll see how we go without Karen's, um, you know, gravitas and depth of knowledge and to kind of ballast us.
2: Um, scrappy. <laughs> scrappy. Uh, scrappy. <laughs>
1: speakers. See how you go with a couple of airheads.
2: Yeah, and we've just taken some Panadol because we're feeling a little bit dusty today. We are at another conference. Woo-hoo. So um, we are recording from the Booksellers New Zealand conference and, you know, this is... Most people wouldn't know what the booksellers' conference is because you don't really need to, but it's um, the annual conference where booksellers all from all around New Zealand come together and smash out a couple of days of business meetings and, uh, I don't know, listening to people talk and yeah. you learn networking, all of that good stuff. Yeah,
1: we love a good conference. Yes. And Jenna's looking very conference chic today. She's got a purple um skirt suit on and it it's got sort of various kind of shoulder details. I just wanna I just wanna share it with the world. Oh. We need a we need we'll put a photo
2: up maybe. Of the of the business suit. Yeah. You know. Even if you're getting up at six thirty to go to a conference on a Sunday morning after having a few wines, you just put on a suit and that does all the work. <laughs> really. Um and so Booksellers New Zealand are this umbrella organisation and it's a member organisation that a lot of bookstores sign up to. So you're, the thing that you probably would know Booksellers New Zealand for is the booksellers vouchers. I think a lot of those are grandparent gifts Yep, childhood. Yeah, they
1: definitely were for me.
2: Yeah, so um, that's what booksellers does. So, Among but, many other
1: things, yeah.
2: And um, I've met so many amazing booksellers this weekend who I've never met before and I just wanted to shout out to Renee from the twisel Bookshop. She just started it a year ago and she's running it all by herself and she's doing amazing things. And I was chatting to Gary from Carson's Bookshop at uh, from Thames yesterday and he's just owned a shop for a year and a half, but the store is over 100 years old. Amazing. And it's just hearing these amazing stories of what people um, are up to all around the country because you can be kind of um, city-focused in the world and... Yeah, there's amazing little stores around New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and also it's really nice to hear about new bookstores popping up because that didn't used to be the narrative a few years ago. It would be bookstores closing down. So yes, exactly. this is a really exciting turn of events.
2: Yes, so um, that's been really great. So, uh, okay. So well,
1: I guess we're in book news already. I
2: think we're like, merging into book news. So, yeah, um, so
1: one of the book newses is that the conference was on this weekend.
2: Yes, and the... New Zealand Book Industry Awards were on last night. So we had um, some amazing winners and we're actually going to interview some of the winners well, the winners of the bookshop of the year a little bit later in the podcast. But the best bookshop in New Zealand was announced last night and that is volume from Nelson. Woo! Woo! And so... That is so amazing. This store has only been going for maybe two years, but we'll find out more later, so I'm going to save that. And then also the best publisher in New Zealand was announced as um, our friends at Allen & Unwin, so big congrats to you. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, so it was a really nice night of warm fuzzies, and we'll put a link to the rest of the winners on our um, on our page. Uh Lou, you have some big news.
1: I do have some big news. Uh, um, yes, in book news, Louisa Cossa has moved jobs to Penguin Random House New Zealand. Woohoo! Yay. Um, Yeah, so I just had my second week there. I'm really enjoying it. Um, And they've been very cool about, you know, like, being like, you do a podcast, that's great. Um, But, you know, just in case I do say anything controversial, you know, the views are my own (laughs) on this this podcast. Like, I'm neither, like, a representative of them nor a shill for their book. So you can count on having my honest opinion and that it's also just my opinion.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) it's
1: a disclaimer. Disclaimer. (laughs) They were like, you don't have to do a disclaimer. I was like, but... But what if I say something really bad? Yeah. Which I won't because, you know, I, I use my discretion. Yes. But um and then the other piece of book news that we had was the children's book awards.
2: Oh, yeah. So um early August there was the we're not a big children's book people like you know well it's sort of hard for us
1: to cover children's books because it's so vast and really there is a market for it yeah Um, and there are many great podcasts about children's books but we don't really cover it because there's just a whole other world
2: oh but I tell you what The Special Achievement Award last night went to the Sapling, (gasps) which is an amazing New Zealand children's book website, so if you want anything on children's books, I know there's a few mums that listen on to here, they are where you go for the port of call, but I just thought um, I would mention the overall winner, which was obvious an obvious winner, which was Aotearoa by Gavin Bishop, published by Penguin Random House NZ, which, and it also won um, the Best Children's Design. It just swept
1: the awards, really, it didn't just it? just swept Yeah, and it was really great, because Gavin Bishop, is he's quite old at this point, and um, it's just a really nice recognition of his... For
2: sure. Yeah. This is like, it's a big, huge book, and it's the one that you would buy, you, you would invest in, I guess, and it would be, stay in your home library for... Yeah. For generations it's, to come. I think
1: it, it's, it's sort of a Tonga, a literary Tonga. I yeah. Think. yeah. It's
2: so cute. Yeah. It's actually like, it's just using illustration to show like New Zealand in the past and now and I think it's a really relevant book. I always give it to my friends from overseas. Yeah. They're really like what is is <laughs> LT?" You the... That's
1: your first lesson. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that is very cool. But, um, oh one more thing I wanted to mention from the Industry Awards was the Lifetime Achievement Award oh, yeah. um, which went to Robin Barge who is I believe the founder of Huia um, Huia Publishers who, do, who publish a lot of books in Te Reo or about um, the Maori world and, um, she's just had an incredible career and she said something really fantastic, which was, you know, cause they were saying, you know, they were sort of building up to who it was and they were saying, oh, she's been honored by the queen, you know, order of merit. And, you know, and when she got up there, she was like, you know, it's all very well to be honored by the queen, but it's, you know, also wonderful to be honored by your peers yeah. because, you know, being the publishers.
2: That was really lovely. Yeah, it was,
1: it was a really great night, great vibes.
2: Great vibes all round, lots of lots of vino, early start today. That's Speaking
1: speak of about. good vibes, um, so what do you want, actually I, I didn't have anything to go from there, I was oh. just trying to do a segue. Sequ- <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: um, I'd like to introduce our new segment. Da, da, da. So our friends at Unity who sponsor the spin-off books page, they are um, going to tell us once a month what their favourite book of the month is, which is... highly recommended from us even if we haven't read it because we just know the taste level is really awesome and this month the unity book of the month is dope sick by beth macy it's $37 and it's published by head of zeus and so have you looked at much about this book yeah
1: i so i looked it up on google um it looks incredibly interesting it's all about the opioid crisis and i think it's is it in america in general or is it centered on appalachia Appalachia Right
2: And so apparently That's where the um, That's
1: the heart of the crisis uh, The epicentre Of the epidemic
2: Yes (laughs) yes,
1: God God. It looks really
2: great And so apparently Well She explores this um, Epidemic With both A journalistic And personal Point of view And I've read reviews That it kind of reads Like a thriller which is terrifying.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's morally interesting. Another <laughs>
2: review that I read was that it's a better hillbilly elegy. Right. Um,
1: well, I I'd saw like that to... it had been, um, it's had it been picked up by Fox 21, and they're going to be making it into a TV series. Really? So obviously it does have a really strong kind of narrative flow to it.
2: Is it going to be, like, a <laughs> fictional Series no, or documentary no. I, series. I think a docu series. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would
1: be keen to watch that because it is. I think yeah, the, the opioid crisis. It's such a huge, huge part of kind of like what America is today, and um, you know, it's it's also had its victims in here in New Zealand. It's 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 a huge global problem
2: for sure. So this is an essential book for anyone trying to understand the harrowing realities of Trump's America, as we all are. So thanks Unity for your book of the month. I just can't wait to hear what. They
1: choose. Yeah, I know. It's nice to have something thrown into the mix. It's kind of like, because sometimes, you know, it can get a bit samey around here. We try to mix it up. We try. Um,
2: (laughs) But speaking of opioids, (laughs) maybe I'll just crack into my book review. Um, Okay, let's do it. So on our last Paper Cuts episode, I sort of talked about how I'd been swamped with stories of like privileged women writing about taking a break in their life to look inward and i sick of it then i picked up this book which is exactly about that and <laughs> i just have to eat my words because i loved it so so much but it's called in my year of rest and relaxation by otessa moshfay and she was shortlisted for the uh man booker last year with a book called eileen which i haven't read oh
1: damn i was gonna bring it for you sorry i'll make a note
2: Thank you, I'm going to watch you do that right now. Aileen. It's all good.
1: Aileen. I know, because I said I was making that last time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the ultimate story of Privileged Woman Takes a Year Off. It's set in the year 2000. In our unnamed narrator, who is possibly the most unhinged psychiatrist I've ever seen <laughs> or read about, and that's take, saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Decides to take a year off from life by attempting to mix the perfect recipe of prescription medication to keep her asleep as long as possible, and that is the basis of the story. So amazing. These previous books that I was talking about, I was just like, I enjoyed all of them, but I was just like, there's a lot of there's a theme running through a lot of the books I'm reading this year. Um, this book is so self-aware and it's so dry and so funny. It really made me laugh out loud and it just trumps all of those other books for me. It's my, my pick of the year.
1: Amazing. And I'm so, so excited funny. to hear that. She is... Um, so I have read Eileen and I did find that same kind of dark humour, but boy was Eileen dark. So I'm really... And it was set in the 1960s, I think.
2: Oh, um, Eileen was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And
1: it's sort of like... Um, uh basically a woman who's a product of a really underprivileged family. Mm. she's living in Maine where it's, it's and it's like a freezing it's portrayed as a freezing cold shithole and mm. it's Christmas mm. and some really dark stuff happens so I think it's quite different to the book you're describing. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, Otessa is not a you know a, I'm on a first pony. first name basis with her. Yes. Yeah, not a one trick pony at all. So, um, I'll be really interested to hear what you think of Eileen, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to reading. Oh, it's my so year of good rest and relaxation. And
2: like my seventy year old boss just read it; she loved it. I've been doing this book subscription thing where this uh, woman in Bluff. I've been sending her a book every two weeks that I choose, and. Um, that's her favorite of all the ones that I've seen so far. So I feel like it's not just me. And when I post, I usually post on my Instagram what book I'm reading at the time, and people usually don't say anything. But this <laughs> <laughs> this one got immediately got ten replies of people being like, "Oh, I've heard about this. It looks so good. So it's a cool. really good cover." Um, this there's, so there's the main character, and then she has the psychiatrist, and then she has this friend who she just treats like garbage and it's horrific like the characters are not nice people but it's hilarious in its own way and the relationship between these friends and also while she's doing her what she feels is sleeping so she'll like lock herself up for a couple of days or whatever and then she'll wake up but you can tell she's been out so or had things delivered (gasps) she's bought things um so she doesn't really know what's happened in the meantime but a lot of things happen in between and it's actually it's like the ending is so like oh my god this book is about something else
1: entirely. Oh my god, Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I'm like so amping to read
2: this. With a hint of the book being set in the year 2000 in New York. So, um, oh. yeah, so she's a smart cookie.
1: She certainly is. And I think um, there was some interesting stuff around her man book nomination with Eileen because she was saying things to the effect of I want to be rich and I want people, you know, I want to make a living as a writer. So I wrote Eileen as a literary thriller because I knew it would get me on the map.
2: Mm. and um
1: she's just a really interesting public persona i think she's really working it and um to that i say good on her you know um you recently sent me a link to an article in the guardian which i'd already read because mm. i like to keep abre- abreast of what she's up to mm. um in which she wrote about having an affair with a much older author
2: well i don't know if they ever hooked up did they
1: I thought they did Oh god I need to go back and read it now
2: She She wrote about an
1: interesting relationship With an old author You're right they didn't hook up
2: And so she's 17 And then knew that this guy was a powerful person And so she was going to Use her power
1: Feminine wiles. Feminine
2: wiles to, you know, get, uh, get to, where she to, wants.
1: Yeah, and, and, and what she wanted was basically just literary guidance.
2: For sure. And it's quite controversial because, I guess, in this day and age, you know, these um, discussions about about how you use your feminine power um, is it's quite, yeah, it kind of seemed like some people took it the wrong way. But I read it and I was like, huh, oh, that seems legit. I think so and I think
1: it's like it's a case of like you know men have uh, young women have been exploited so much within literary communities and within arts communities and just in general let's be real and um, this is an example of someone kind of using that system and turning it on its head and getting some benefit of it and actually um, not being made a victim
2: and it obviously worked
1: and it worked so props to you Otisa yeah so
2: that is my book review Loved it, loved it. My year of rest and relaxation.
1: I cannot wait to read it.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, um, so we were talking.
1: We were talking about you know like reading about women of privilege and so on. Um, I've actually turned. I've got something quite different for us mm-hmm. this month. Um, it is a trilogy of, um, I guess, thrillers, um, sort of crime adjacent, um, but very literary. Um, so it's called, the trilogy itself is called the Garnet Hill Trilogy, and the first book is called Garnet Hill, one word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Denise Mina um, And it, so Denise Mina um, she writes, uh, she lives in Glasgow, and these books are set in Glasgow. I don't know, is that how you say it? Glasgow? Glasgow? That's I don't how know. I've always said it. Yeah, I've never said it out loud before. <laughs> I've never been to Scotland. Um, <laughs> and they are, you know, I don't want to say gritty because it's not like sort of like really down and out people but it's the main character um is a survivor of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and she is a very flawed character and you sort of you see her make these mistakes and it can be quite unbearable to witness at first but then you become attached to her and she really feels like a real person by the end of the first book she um so her She's seeing a married man at the start of the book, and he is murdered. Mm-hmm. And the police sort of immediately suspect her of being involved because she's she's young. She um, was really drunk the night it happened. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. She was she had previously be, had a stay at a um, at a mental health institution because she'd had a breakdown regarding her childhood sexual abuse. Um, and so she is just an obvious suspect. and it's really interesting the sort of class dynamics that resonate throughout this book because you have um, on the police force you have you know, your sort of underlings, your, um, your kind of you know p- people on the beach you yeah. know on the street and then you have your higher ups and they are sort of people who are of a higher class. Mm-hmm. and they and there's one policeman in particular who you can tell is just thinks that, our main character Maureen is scum Mm. and just has no respect for her whatsoever and even after he stops trying to pin the murder on her he still you know gives her no respect Mm -hmm. and there's just all these kind of like harsh realities in this book and you know lots of people have um drinking problems it's all set within kind of a working class district and I think Glasgow is arguably a sort of working class city as Mm -hmm. well it's not known for being super glamorous Mm um uh, so I finished the first book, I'm back part way through the second book. I'm just I'm really gripped and I'm very and it is a page turner, but it's it's so much more than a crime trilogy. I think it's got it's very sort of realist, very there's so much humanity and um the character Maureen I think you will go from feeling a bit hesitant about her to really falling in love with her. Ooh. Yeah, so I just I absolutely love it. And it was recommended to me actually by um katrina um of the book council oh really katrina ferguson yes yes um and katrina was an early supporter of the podcast yes yes. and i remember her telling me about the series and then it came up again the garnet hill series and i was like ah katrina said that was great oh cool so thank you katrina for the recommendation
2: i see the val mcdermott uh recommendation on the cover she's one of the judges for the book of this year
1: Oh, awesome. And I don't
2: know if I read Val McDermott. I don't think I have. I never have. I just know her from being a crime writer. But then, yeah, this a crime book got on the Man Booker long list. And oh. Val's quote is on the cover. But she was a judge. And it's like, ooh. But, you know. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of
1: judges and crime things, I think that... Um, the reason that this book came up again was because Pip Adam mentioned it on Twitter. Oh, and I think she's one of the judges for the NIO Marsh. And I think Denise Mina's going to be involved in that somehow. Maybe she's an international judge. I should have looked that up. But, um, you know, you just sort of see things fly past you on Twitter and you go to your library account and then you get out the book. And then you're like, oh, I want to talk
2: about it on the podcast. Yeah, and then it's all happening and you're like, yeah. is that real?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, the book is fantastic. Cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into the other ones
2: I'm not much of a crime reader and it's not deliberate but I do like reading it because I love just speed. sometimes you just love speeding through a book do you find it's like compelling enough that you can't put it down or is it one that you take more time with
1: I think actually weirdly because you're right the attraction of crime is sometimes that you do you're like you know you're just rippling through the pages and you're reading really fast this is sort of like that but it's it's more it, it, I feel more like I'm reading you know your average literary novel almost mm-hmm. um, because the um, the characters are so richly um, evoked and also the um, the atmosphere of you know this wintry um, Scottish city um, is so vivid and you just I just tended to kind of luxuriate it in a bit like I would with most of the other books that I read you yeah know? Um, there's no you know how sometimes you'll be reading a sort of trashy book, and there'll be some sort of clangers in the um, in the phrasing, and mm. you'll be like, "Oh God, that was pretty clumsily put," but you don't care because you yeah. just you just say, like, "I just want to know what happens." Yeah, this is not like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, so
2: um, highly recommend.
1: Is it set in contemporary times? I think it's maybe set in like the early two thousands. Yeah, I'm not sure when it was first published. Let me just actually check. Oh, 1998. There you go. Oh, so really um, It looks like long. they've been repackaged. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. They must have gotten some kind of boost. It says copyright 1998.
2: I've watched heaps of like of those crime series like, I don't know, The Bridge and The Fall and what's the one with uh, Broadchurch and stuff. and mm. And it's quite... I always get a little bit disappointed when there's always, like, some kind of sexual maniac, like, hoarding girls um, <laughs> with sexual pleasures, but it's kind of nice to have, like, even though there is sexual assault in the book, that um, it is written by a woman.
1: That's a really good point, Jenna, and actually um, that is something that I wanted to talk about was not only that, but that the fact that the main character is a woman and that she's a survivor of mental abuse, and the discussion of, of sexual abuse survivors in this is really nuanced and um, there's all this kind of discussion about kind of what victimhood is and, um, you know, the ways that people uh, deal with authority, Mm -hmm. having been through perhaps the mental health system Mm -hmm. um, as survivors of sexual abuse, Um, so... But it's all done very naturally, you know, and it's all it's all a bunch of Scottish people in a pub talking about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's a really cool kind of, like, contrast of um, what you might expect and, and what you end up getting.
2: There was a new crime award that had come out, and I'm just saying this off the top of my head so I can't remember the name of it, but it's a crime award for books that don't feature any um, sexual assault. Oh! But... We well, this
1: on one probably page. wouldn't. Just yeah, spoiler that alert: it <laughs> <that> won't qualify. <laughs> but um, you know, but you know, her 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 history of abuse gives her some unique insights into the things that happen in this book, which I won't disclose because it is still a plot-driven book. And yeah, just to clarify, we don't mind plot;
2: <laughs> we yeah. like plot. Yeah. yeah, I I like some plot too. Actually, um, Jenny from Ellen and Unwin was talk. Uh, she was saying how she loves plot she just messaged us because she yeah. had got brought up we like oh
1: we like plot too yeah. it's just like it's not essential I think you can have it or you cannot have it
2: but just a segue Jenny was telling us the last time that she listened to the podcast she was walking along a beach in the Coromandel and a seal started chasing her <gasps> Can I tell you
1: this? Oh, my God. Well, I think maybe you did because it's ringing a bell now. But when I was looking at my podcast notes before, I noticed someone had written, story about Jenny and the seal, question mark. And I was like, what is that?
2: (laughs) So she ran over and she twisted her ankle. She tripped over a log. But she's she's better. Well, rest up. And I hope the seal's
1: okay as well. Yeah. Because I'm sure that it was just obeying its animal nature. (laughs)
2: They move quickly. And I got a really cool tweet. I know this is stuff we should be doing at the start, but we don't have our... We're
1: a bit ragtag Ribbit today. Rag-tag,
2: and we don't have our like strength. What do you call, Karen? Uh, our like armour. Our, like, <laughs> our yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, So we're a bit Badabi, all over the show. Badabee on Twitter said, "I just listened to your discussion on menson and this is referring to the." lot of Not Giving a Fuck. By Mark um, Manson. Yeah, and, he's, and his ilk and I internally screamed, yes, thank you, especially the bit about performative swearing.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, this
2: morning at the conference, we were looking at, like, the top-selling books in independent stores <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> and 12 Rules for Life is just, like... the top- dominating. Dominated. Dominated. Uh, and lots of... What I found really interesting, and hopefully you guys would find quite hopeful, I think, in this, the genre of... Um, of self improvement, um, there was like a lot of not giving a fuck and Twelve Rules for Life*. But I think like the New Zealand written titles and self improvement, eight of ten of them were today today Maori books. And that's um, exciting. You know, Maori made easy. All the Scotty Morrison, Stacey Morrison books were on that list, and yeah. it was very heartening and heartwarming to see <laughs> to see that. Cool,
1: that is very very cool uh, and really encouraging news um so what else do we have on the agenda today um we've done our reviews karen will hopefully be able to give her reviews separately
2: we're going to pop karen in here and then we're also going to pop in some interviews so um let's just say good i'll cut this little bit out but um what were you going to say well did we want to do the quiz did you end up doing this. yeah i did i did the strand so, um, we did this quiz where if you work at the Strand bookstore, they give you this quiz to see if you are allowed to work there or...
1: Yeah, unclear, um, unclear. as to what exi- what the criteria were and what score you had to get in yeah. order for them to... Anyway, there's a quiz that you do if they're considering employing you at the Strand bookstore in New York City, right? Is it in New yeah. York City? Yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. is
2: an amazing bookstore. It's really yeah. huge, very good merch, um, and... But the staff aren't very friendly. Well,
1: I guess now we know of. why because they're not chosen for their customer service skills; they're chosen for their book knowledge.
2: Yeah, well, maybe that says something about me because I. So I we did five <laughs> quizzes and then so I I guess got got a, five quizzes of ten and I got a total score of twenty out of fifty. Oh, it's dismal. Yeah, so maybe my career is
1: now I guess it is now that we're putting this out there Um, I got 40 out of 50 oh my god amazing yeah but I did an English degree like that's (sighs) that's the whole reason I did an English degree is so that I could fucking get a good score on literary quizzes that's all it's worth
2: so you can work at the strange happily? I
1: reckon probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. and, um, and I can certainly be unfriendly.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> to customers. Um, have you been doing any good not books thing?
1: Um, I did have one thing that I wanted to shout out for not books, mm. which was uh, the Teacher's Pet podcast. Oh yeah, I've listened to that. It's so good. Um, so this is a true crime podcast, um, which is uh, hosted by um, well, it's it's Put on by the Australian, which is um, a national Australian newspaper, obviously. Um, Hedley, Hedley is the yeah,
2: man? yeah.
1: His name's like Hedley or Hadley. Um, oh, ah, yeah, Hedley. <laughs> um, and it is the story of a woman who um, disappeared in 1987, I think, or was it 89? In the 80s. Um, uh, from Sydney's um, a, a beach community in Sydney, and her husband had been having an affair with a teenager at the school he taught PE at. And um, you know, this woman Lynn disappears and a few, uh, he waits a couple of weeks,
2: No, two days. 2 days later the 16 year old moves into the yes. house. Well, I was going to say yeah.
1: Gina. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> fine. I was going to say, you know, he waits like a couple of weeks to tell the police that his oh, wife's yeah. missing, yeah. but he only waits 2 days to move his teenage lover into the house and then she becomes a mother to his children.
2: And he like makes she just his um the Lynn the missing woman's wedding rings is her wedding ring and it's so it is,
1: it's hella creepy dark. and and really dark and I found it a bit hard to listen to at first because I found myself getting so angry because there were just just the amount of kind of victimizing of these women you know not only Lynn who was probably murdered by her husband but they've never found a body and they've never been able to put him behind bars. Um, But also the young woman, Joanne, who was his teenage lover, I mean, she was a vulnerable person. Mm. And I would say that this man, Chris Dawson, absolutely took advantage of her. And, um, you know, once uh, they start digging, they find that that was not the only affair between a teenager and a teacher at that school. And it's Mm. sort of this whole sort of nasty underlayer to this sort of sunny beachside community and it's just so
2: and the interesting thing about the podcast is they're recording it as they're you know they're putting them out and still recording it so every week people are putting in tips and it's got international news again and
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely and I think um her family uh Lynn Dawson's family are very excited to um you know, to uh, to possibly have some
2: justice. Yeah, because yeah. Chris Dawson is like in the—he's in his seventies now, and he's just uh, you know living his life. <laughs>
1: free. Yeah, yeah, free as a bird, and I think that's um, that's, oh, that's good, pretty hard good, for his family. Because
2: um, I was like, oh, I should talk about the teacher's pet. But then I can talk about Bachelor Australia. (laughs)
1: That's what I've been watching. Well, actually, I've been meaning to watch that too because I'm very excited. So tell me all about it. So that's your recommendation.
2: My recommendation is Bachelor Australia. It is RealPod doing the, um, the rundowns of it every week. But it is so funny. He's like a wallaby. I would have never known this if I never knew, but he has these, like, great, like, just he's on a, one he's date. He's a rugby player, is a rugby player? Not yeah. just
1: Not an actual wallaby. <laughs> not an actual wallaby. Well, <laughs> that would be quite a twist um, on the Bachelor franchise.
2: Um, these are two lines they said on one date with someone, and imagine this in a really Australian um, voice, you're a thinker, not a stinker. And, um, <laughs> uh-huh. and then he goes, he, he put his arm around her and got her to snuggle, and he's like, come in, you shagger. <laughs> like, this, <is> <laughs> this is his rhetoric. And there's a big discussion on Real because he calls eggs bum nuts, and that's so hilarious. That's disgusting. So, and these girls are crazy. I mean, there's some true bitches on here, but it is good reality TV, and I love it. And the Australian production is, you know, like American Bachelorette. Obviously, I watch it and love it, but there's something about the Australian vibe of it is just so funny. So that's what I've been watching.
1: Awesome. Solid recommendation. I'm 100% going to go home and watch that after this. Oh
2: my god, because then you can watch two episodes. Yes, yeah, that's what I like. Three or four hours worth. So I'm just here, well, Louisa and I are here with the winners of New Zealand's Bookshop of the Year for 2018. Woohoo! This is Volume Bookstore in Nelson. You are two years old? Twenty months. Twenty months. Oh, like Thomas. a yeah, yeah. But Thirty years experience. It truly really is your baby, yeah, isn't it? Of book selling, and um, when you accepted your award last night, Thomas, you said every time a bookshop succeeds, on behalf of it's on behalf of organisms, not algorithms, and that just came up the top of your head, right? Well, some
0: part of my head, I
2: suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the reptilian <laughs> part. The body,
1: <laughs> so,
2: um, just tell us about your shop and how you got there and why people should visit you. Why are the best in New Zealand?
0: Well, we opened volume because we thought there might be a, a new way to do book selling in some extent, um, given that a lot of retailers going online to, for instance, um, the online retailers from overseas, it's loss of money to local communities and to the country as a whole. We thought we'd do the opposite of what online does because you can't compete on their terms, but they can't compete on ours either. Um, We, of course, use digital media a lot for our bookshop, but we overlay that on our physical shop and bring people towards us, and we are very particular. We have curated stock. People make discoveries with us. They talk to us. There are events and book groups in our shop, so they enjoy and you two,
2: you
1: two are the shop, right? Yeah, yeah so we should say we're speaking does. with Thomas and Stella. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. They would have figured it out eventually. Hey, okay. so, so, yeah, we'll we know who we are. That
0: we're really yeah. tiny. Yes. We're 42 40. 40 40 square metres. Two, two booksellers small. only. Mm. Yeah. And that's been. You know, it was kind of a risk to do I think, well, can this work? Can we move enough stock? You know, can we make a living out of it? And will people respond? We live in a provincial town. Can we do a slightly sharper sort of bookshop model there? It's relatively pointy-headed, doing literary (laughs) fiction and incited non-fiction and beautiful Mm. children's books. And people have responded really positively in our community and throughout the country to it.
2: I'm so proud of you guys. It was... So yes. wonderful We you are big fans of
1: Volume Um, All of us at Paper Cuts We absolutely love you guys And when the announcement was made last night We were cheering and screeching yeah. And hooping it's and hollering really nice. We we absolutely love what you do it And been... your selection of books is incredible And your online presence is fantastic too I really encourage people to check out your newsletter And your, your reviews on the blog
2: And on RNZ And and RNZ, on oh. on RNZ. Yeah. So um, Stella we thought we'd finish this little time Tiny segment with what you were just telling me. Your I book you've just liked recently. I just I just reviewed a letter from the sky, John Boyne for RNZ, and I just finished reading it this week. It, it's really good. It's funny. It's sharp. It's about writing. It's about stories. It's about where you get ideas from, and it'll make you just laugh and cry and say out such a bastard. Get out of these people's lives. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm excited to read that. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's Wendy really good. loves John Boyne. That's her favourite mm. author ever, ever. And this book is the best book for her. It trumps all of his previous books.
1: It's really, really good. Very tightly written. Really cleverly plotted. Cool. So, yeah. so, everyone out there, when you come down to Nelson, come and
2: say hi. Yeah, oh, cool. Alright, well thanks for Popping in onto the
1: pod. Did you want to? Did you <laughs> right, want to do a book review at all, Thomas? Or I could do a brief
0: plug for Rachel Cusk's kudos. Oh, we talked about this last time. The most wonderfully time. written book I've read for all year, I think. Um, so restrained and elegant. The narrator, obviously Cuskish herself, but is absent from the story. Just tells the stories of people around her, um, but things that. they wouldn't really have told her, so she she becomes this mouthpiece for this wash of stories, and the bitterness of her filter is so um, Mm -hmm. beautifully done in that book. Very peant. Now now I've read the second one, and now I'm on to the first one. I'm reading the the three-frame of novels backwards, but there's
1: no plot at I so. think Rachel Cusk would approve of you reading the books out of order <laughs> yeah. somehow. It's, it's just delightfully kind of perverse. Um, so, as she is herself, or at least her books are. So, oh, thank, thank you guys so much for coming oh, on the podcast. We love you. Us. We love your podcast. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I made Thomas say that he liked it last night.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> was
1: very gracious about it. <laughs> okay, thanks again, guys. Thanks. Thank you. So Sean Bithel is the author of The Diary of a Bookseller, um, it is a biography, um, it's a year in the life, isn't it, of, of diary entries about running the bookstore in Wigtown. Now, is it in fact the largest second-hand bookstore in Scotland? Have we, how do you quantify that?
3: Well, uh, there, there are two of us who make the same claim to be the largest second-hand bookshop in Scotland, so oh. there's me and uh, a shop called Leakey's in Inverness.
1: Oh, I see. And are you better rivals? Or Not is really. It? I
3: mean, we're so far away. Uh, we're about. Inverness is about five hours from Wigtown, so we both make the same claim, and neither of us really challenges the other on it. So I, th- I think his is bigger in terms of
2: space.
1: The floor space. Well, yeah. it's an old church, so it's it's a huge
3: space. Whereas I think I have more shelving. However, there are people who think that he's got more shelving. But I don't and mind I mean,
1: and then you've got your square. Square feet of box? I mean, like, how do you quantify that as... Well,
3: I do it in the... I measured the amount of shelving we've got, and we've got um, around about a mile of shelving. Yeah. So... Okay. I, I, I think... I don't. I don't know how big, yeah. how much he's got, but we, we don't fight it different.
1: No, so it's not really a pissing contest. It's not, just, not yet. It's, it's a comfortable um, rivalry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think well, so. we'll see if it ramps up. I'll be keeping an eye out. When he
3: produces his <laughs> book, both making the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so how long have you been in the country? Um, the country being New Zealand. Uh, yeah.
3: Got here on Friday at about twelve. Oh yes,
1: and. Um, so I was at the um, In Book Industry Awards last night and there was some slightly mutinous murmuring about the fact that you had gone to the rugby. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if you were expected at the awards, but I think a lot of people were well, excited it, to see you.
3: Lincoln, uh, who organised part of it, um, told me that... Uh, Somebody had pulled out. I can't remember who it was. Oh um, right. And
1: oh, well, that's not a very flattering invitation. But I and so I then became the guest
3: of honor. But I completely I misunderstood him. I thought he was talking about something today. Yeah. And I'd been the invitation to the awards last night was sort of made about a month ago, and it was very kind of Would you like to come? Wouldn't you? So uh, I right, thought it was. Right. Right. Like,
1: uh, oh, it's fine. I just... So when
3: I found out the rugby was on, uh, I thought, God, this is too good an opportunity. Are you to a rugby fan? I love
1: rugby, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, well, you're talking to the right person, because I hate rugby an <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I know nothing about it.
3: Fully. Well, you know... normally, um, I generally support the underdog because it's usually Scotland but last night there was no way I couldn't support New Zealand. It
1: oh was right, was New Zealand playing last night? Yes, it's
3: New Zealand-Australia. <laughs> oh okay, uh,
1: yeah. Famously rivals also. Absolutely, like all good yeah.
3: neighbours, they hate each other. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so did you enjoy yourself?
3: I loved it, it was brilliant, it was a great match, uh, and it was just phenomenal being in that um, at Eden Park in, you know, home game, really partisan crowd, brilliant atmosphere, it was, it was great.
1: I'm so pleased, she said, (laughs) through Britain tea. Clearly. (laughs) Um, So what are you sort of, um, what, I'm just going to ask questions about New Zealand because we're obsessed with ourselves. Um, What do you know about New Zealand literature? Or what did you know? Uh, Very little,
3: actually, and I still know very little, Um, I suppose, being a bookseller, most of the books from New Zealand uh, the, the most famous New Zealand author that I know is, and I'll probably pronounce her name wrong, but Nio Marsh Yeah, that's correct yeah. um, So I've I sell it's
1: lots interesting. Of that's not what I would. Have, that's not the answer I would have expected. Okay, Alan Martin as well. Oh uh, sure, sure. Uh, I'm just going to make you say more names, more names, more that's names. That's it. Like, okay. I can't think of um, anything. Well, yeah, no, I really enjoyed yeah. Marsh, because I mean, I love Agatha Christie and all that sort of yeah. crazy crime, and it's 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 good fun.
3: And it still sells very well. Oh, yeah. oh, both Agatha so Christie and *Niamh*, both both still sell. Uh, yeah. So, They've withstood the test of time.
1: Mm, I wonder what it is about them, it's some sort of comfort.
3: Yeah, it's not. I suppose it's not too challenging, but it's still good writing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually, um, so I did used to work in a bookstore as well, but a new books bookstore, although right. it had apparently the look of a second-hand bookstore because people would come in all the time and say, are you a second-hand bookstore? And then, of course, as you can imagine, um, from your own experiences, we say no, and they say, well, would you like to buy my books anyway? Yeah, um, God, that must be frustrating. Um, yeah, no, no, not, not at all. In so is it Auckland? Yes, yes, it's in Auckland. Um, so that's Time Out Bookstore. Um, uh, you should pay them a visit if you get the chance. And there's a great um, second-hand bookstore, which is in a church um, in Newton, and it's called the Hard to Find Bookstore. So that's very close by if you have some spare hours. Well,
3: so far I, I mean, think
1: probably but that's probably um... No,
3: do you know the thing about being here yeah. is it gives me an opportunity to go into other bookshops. So Okay, go, I was gonna say I mean, you bought a bookshop. No, I yeah. never because I'm okay. stuck in my own bookshop all the time. Yeah. It's a real treat to go to other shops. So yesterday we were in uh Energy? Unity, yeah, that's a fantastic, really good bookshop. um And then we got the ferry over to, is it devon Yep, Devonport, yeah. Um, There's a
1: fantastic Really there. great second
3: hand bookshop and a good yep. good new bookshop there as well. Yes, absolutely. Which I noticed didn't have my book in stock, so oh, I can't like from maybe, done, yeah, went from being a good bookshop to a <laughs> <pretty> good <laughs> To the worst bookshop in the <laughs> world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I suppose when you're
3: limited for space, um you
1: just have to make decisions about what to stop. I hope that you confronted them. No, I
3: didn't. I didn't <laughs> buy anything there.
1: Okay, well, that, that'll show them. Uh, yeah, exactly. They'll
3: be <laughs> crying into the. Can't, pleasure, can't send
1: know. a clearer message than that. <laughs> um, well, as to New Zealand literature, I think that we do have some really cool stuff to offer, some of which um, has been called the New Zealand Gothic. I don't know if you're interested in Gothic literature at all, but, you know, sort of, um, like, some international examples would be, like, Shirley Jackson and... Um, Anyway, I brought you a present. Oh, excellent. Um, and you don't have to take it, you can leave it in a hotel no, I, room. I, I, because I... it's a popular penguin from my own bookshelf, and I just I thought. you, that's
3: very kind of you. Um,
1: so the book is The Scarecrow, it's by Ronald Hugh Morrison, and it's a, um, a classic example of New Zealand Gothic, and it has one of the most famous opening lines in New Zealand literature. I like look
3: forward to that. I've um, no, never heard of um or the book. Yeah. Ooh, that is a good opening Mike. Can you was, read it for yes, us? Yes, okay. The same week our fowls were stolen, Daphne Moran had her throat cut. Yay,
1: isn't that fantastic? Yeah, it's pretty arresting um So feel free to read it, feel free to not read it, I'm and the, feel free to dispose of it when you're done. Just I definitely pass will it on,
3: read it. No, so I always keep books that people have given me.
1: Oh, well that must get you into trouble. Uh, you yeah, quite a few books. I do, yeah, yeah. and
3: I, I try not to let my upstairs, which is where I live, above the shop. Yeah. Um, get too full of books Yeah, it, it is at the moment and I don't really know what to do apart from build new, new bookcases.
1: I'm in a similar position. I have some books in boxes at the moment that are TBC. I don't know what to do with them.
3: Yeah, I, I have piles of them all over the place uh, I might have to rationalise.
1: Yeah, well, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else did I want to talk to you about? I guess, um, I mean, I, I did really enjoy the book as a former bookseller and I have to say I just really, I really empathised with um the feelings that you expressed that the frustration when someone comes into the shop has a good look around and then as they're as they're walking past they sort of throw over their shoulder like where's the cooking books you know just yeah. no preamble
3: yeah the people are so unbelievably rude and i didn't really understand how that people were capable of being that rude until i worked in it second-hand brochure.
1: You sort of wonder how they've gotten this far in life behaving that way. You kind do.
3: Um, but I, I don't know. They're obviously...
1: They must be powerful people. No, I don't think so. <laughs> or think maybe powerless. Quite, I
3: think that they're quite the opposite. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that they're so sort of devoid of manners and just... I'm trying to think of the word now. Yeah. Basic social etiquette. yes. Is, is that um, they, uh, I think, first of all, that I think there are two elements to it. One is that they think if you work in a shop, you're a second-class citizen. Right, so, yes, um, so because in, it's Because it's... Because you're, you're too thick to do anything else. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other element of it is, I think, maybe they were just never taught manners. Yeah, nobody's yeah. ever said to them, before you ask for someone to do something for you or help help you in some way... Be polite, say hello. At least Would make eye want. contact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, can you help me?
1: Or yeah, something. Like... Yeah, all no, right. I um, yeah, I, I was the grumpy one at my bookshelf. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's just um, but um, I was listening to your interview with Kim Hill from earlier this year, and you said something that I um resonated with, which was that um, if people are rude, they're rude back.
3: Yeah, because if they won't lose like, Be
1: polite back. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're rude back to people they do notice and they look a bit taken aback and you just yeah. think, well, why were you rude to me in the first place? If you you know, if you think it's okay to speak to someone like that, it's okay for me to speak back to you like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, but on on the whole I have to say people are pretty decent
1: and pretty polite. They are, and I would say that um having worked in different retail environments aside from bookselling. That the clientele of a bookshop is infinitely better than any other retail environment that I've worked in. Yes. Um, well um, I worked in I worked in fashion retail, so you can
3: imagine. Right. Okay, yeah, uh, I can imagine people being pretty horrendous yeah.
1: in that. Sort of yeah, well where bodies are concerned, it's always pretty yeah. sensitive. And where food's
3: concerned as well. I think oh, people yes. people you know, like waitressing or being a waiter or any, anything to do with catering, I think people feel that's probably what Or people who are rude to people in bookshops, I I can't imagine how rude they are to waiters and waitresses because I I think they generally think of them as being sort of of very little worth. I mean, I'm always incredibly polite to anybody who serves me food or... Is it because
1: you have worked as a white person before? No, it's
3: just I think it's a really difficult job and I think it's really undervalued and I think... um, you know, those people are on their feet all day oh shit <laughs>
1: Sorry. that's okay it Just I view anything that happens on this podcast okay. as adding to the authenticity <laughs> right. of the thing um, so yeah
3: I think they work incredibly hard and they deserve at the very least um, to be respected for what they do rather than to me.
1: Well, I find that very refreshing, because I did work as a waitress, and I was a very bad one, and people were not patient. But even so, of, even if you're yeah. a bad
3: one, you know uh, uh, cut people a bit I
1: think so too, but I think that, like you say, food is a very fraught domain, and people are very sort of psychologically tied up in their attitudes to food. And they don't like Flaming. waiting,
3: and um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of elements to it, but yeah. really, uh, there's no... No excuse
1: for that, no, No, but I suppose it's the old thing of being um, hangry. <laughs> hangry, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to miss up. Oh, just
3: get some crisps and a sandwich in that case. Yeah,
1: that's right. Harden up, as we say in New yeah. Zealand. Um, well, that's probably about it. I, f- I feel like we haven't covered any of the points that I wanted to cover, but is there anything that you feel that you'd like to discuss or any question that you think um, an actual journalist might have asked you?
3: Um... <laughs> Well, I suppose I've done so many kind of interviews now that I'm used to being asked the same questions, yeah. and you haven't asked any of those questions, so that makes you different. Okay. So maybe we'll, more. Um,
1: maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> here. Um, well, I'm sorry I threw so many curveballs and gave you no, a long no it's time nice. about not coming to the <laughs> book train industry. No, your
3: I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, it's refreshing. I, I've now got to a point with interviews and book festivals and things. Where I do feel like slightly laboured and trotting out the same stuff time after time. I can time. imagine. Um, and it's although it's kind of nice because you're doing it to a different audience every time. Yeah. And they haven't heard it once you've said it so many times you start feeling that it suddenly lacks any weight or mm. any interest.
1: But... Yeah, sort of platitudinous. Yeah. <laughs> is that a word? Even, sure? Yes,
3: it, it, it is a thing. Um, well, I've used it before, so it must be. Yeah. Um, well.
1: Yeah. Um, well there was actually one thing I wanted to ask you which was um, were there any books that you've read recently that have really that you've really enjoyed um, I know that um, William Boyd's Any Human Heart became a favourite, has anything lived up to that? Uh, oh, no, that's,
3: that's a tall order because it's such a beautiful book uh, It's a great book, uh, it's, it's just one so of my fantastic. favourites Is it? Yeah it is um, um, So nice. in, like, in the last few months I suppose I've read a uh, De Profundis by Oscar Wilde, which I was always put off by the title because
1: yes. I it gonna be pretty. Heavy. Sounds heavy. But then again it's Oscar
3: Wilde. Well yeah, but it's his time in Reading Chain.
1: Oh right. And, so, <laughs> so, so it could be a bit heavy.
3: Yeah, but it's beautiful, it's a, almost like a, a study in um, unhappiness. Uh, but it's it, he's such a beautiful writer. It goes a bit sort of religious in the middle, Oh. it's
1: If you kind of ignore that, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Fantastic.
2: Um, Dave Profundus, Oscar Wilde. Yeah, and
3: I'm currently reading a book called, an encyclopedia of myself by a guy called Jonathan Meads.
1: Oh, yes, I can see it on the
2: table. Yeah, uh,
3: I've been reading it for months, and the reason it's taken me so long is that I have to reach for a a dictionary about three times every page. Oh! But he's probably the most beautiful writer I've read in the last ten years, I think. He's just so clever, so funny. Every single sentence I read, I kind of
1: whoop and think, I wish I could write like that. Just one sentence. I've never heard of this. He's
3: a documentary maker. um, He's a writer, he's an intellectual, uh, and he's vastly, he's one of the kind of great unknowns. um, And that is possibly the best biography I've ever read. Also biography
1: Yeah, so that's An Encyclopedia of Myself by Jonathan Meads, and I've been talking with Sean Bithell, who is the author of The Diary of a Bookseller, and um, you're going to be up and down the country um, for the next sort of few couple of weeks, aren't you?
3: Yeah, off to Featherston tomorrow.
1: Featherston is um, a very small town.
3: I look forward to it, I'm from a small town, I'm being slightly overwhelmed by Auckland actually, I I live in it a town with a population of 900 people so oh my,
1: that that's um, quite refreshing to hear because most people come from overseas they say oh this is what a small provincial place you live in yeah. God, it's <laughs> massive yeah, it's massive and teeming isn't it yeah, yeah it's
3: unbelievably busy and like so multicultural compared with
1: yeah. anywhere else I've
3: ever been I think it's just so diverse
1: it, it certainly is, I, I think it's fantastic yeah, absolutely, live. I think it's, it's incredibly
3: refreshing just to awesome. see such a variety of people and You're saying all the right things, Sean. Yeah, sure. well, I, the, um, the other thing I said, uh, I was chatting to someone about, about it yesterday, is um, I can't believe how clean it is. Oh. It's a really clean city. I mean, even from the air to like, the side of the road, there's no litter. There's, you know, everything just seems hmm. almost a bit too perfect.
1: Interesting. I had never thought of that because I actually think of it as as quite grimy in the city centre. So really? I guess um, maybe we're sort of the Switzerland of the South Pacific. I think you will. Like well <laughs> yeah. um, and you're going also to be in Wellington.
3: And... Wellington, and then.
1: Christchurch and Dunedin. So, if you're in any of those places, um, you know, just go on Ticketmaster and sort it out for yourselves. I can't do everything for you, you just look it up. Um, I'm just getting angry now. It's time time to sign off. Um, Thank you so much, Sean. My pleasure.
2: We just wanted to mention um, the Word uh, Festival. The Christchurch 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 Word Festival. Sorry, I just forget that people can't read my mind sometimes. Ah, <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is happening this weekend, from the twenty. Oh god, I just, I just wanted to mention this because Karen is speaking at it next weekend, yeah. well, this coming weekend.
1: So she's, um, and she's also going to be at the. Um, she's going to be doing a session in Hamilton on Friday, this coming Friday. Yes. So that'll be the Friday of the week that this comes out.
2: So she's doing Hamilton Book Month Festival. Yeah. She is doing a session with Fiona Kidman, Catherine Robertson, and another great author.
1: <laughs>
2: and it's going to be really awesome. So if you're in Hamilton, you should, I mean, surely you'll know about this all, already, I hope.
1: But that'll be extra motivation to go if you weren't going already. Yes. yes to know yes, that Karen, Karen will be will there.
2: And she'll be happy to know that she won't have any germs by then I'm sure.
1: So you can come up and say hi and tell her that you like the podcast (laughs) because we love that
2: that's why we do it (laughs) It makes us feel really good just say it, even if you don't think so, just say it anyway (laughs) you won't know and then she's speaking at Word this Sunday, Sunday the second of September at eleven thirty a.m. in a session called "Soundtrack or Dancing About Architecture." So she's she's hosting it, and we talked about that on the last podcast too. But it's it's all go for book stuff. We haven't even yeah. talked about National Poetry Day.
1: Oh my god! Okay, but one more thing about Kieran's activities is that um, there'll be a post-word um, celebration at the Hellfire Club in Littleton. On Sunday, September the second, from seven pm, where DJ Karen Das will be spinning records. That was a good whistle, Jenna.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just like not, like pierced the microphone, <laughs> so it's just a little wispy wind, yeah. <laughs> just a little
1: a little whir- pan pipe in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah,
2: um, but um, hey, I'm going to talk to Karen tomorrow sometime uh i don't even know if i'm going to talk to her because she's still sick so yeah so
1: we'll see we may have more information or this may be us signing off
2: sorry guys we're all over the place we have like the book news is kind of dispersed throughout this but you know everything is book news in our world and um thanks for the booksellers new zealand for having us here we're sort of locked in a boardroom it's very it's so
1: flash um yeah and thank you to um alice who's going to be assembling the podcast from this hodgepodge and thank you to the spinoff books page for hosting us yeah and unity who sponsors the spinoff books page
2: yeah it's been great hanging out with the unity crew this weekend um like and subscribe us as usual and tweet or email us I haven't checked the email for a while when was you the last
1: time you did it i think i try and check it every couple of weeks but honestly we never get any email so if you feel if the spirit moves you please do email us but also don't be offended if we don't get back to you right away the more people email us the more we'll check it yeah. so
2: yeah we had a really lovely woman from the uk email us yeah alice and it was she's alice. about to move to new zealand we did take a wee while to write back to her but
1: but she was, was very gracious bill. about that.
2: It was valuable bill information once it came through. Yeah,
1: we gave her some recommendations for NZ Lit. So if you want that list, hit us up. You can get a list of your own.
2: You can test us. But that's all for us from now. I hope you enjoyed our book news, our conference coverage, our interview with Stella and Tom, and, and our of interview course with Sean
1: Bithill. Bithill? Bithill. Or is it Bithill? I'll find out. Yeah. And, um, you know, and as always, the book reviews
2: it's
1: all
0: about the books. It's all about the books, and you'll find all the links to everything on the page. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Kia ora, Kia Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff.